was owner of a restaurant which was under construction. And as I looked around, I could see everything was coming together. There were tables and chairs, as, as you would expect to see in a restaurant. But then there was also these other items that didn't make sense. A shelf ran along a wall where these other items were placed, and it was like they were there on display. A blanket, which we've had for years in our house, filled with patterns of dark blues and dark reds and white. A car seat that we also had for years, which we used for all three of our children. But this, it was the same car seat, but it was different. It had somehow turned into this huge car seat that was big enough for an adult to sit in. I woke from the dream, and there was more than what I've just described, but, but not relevant to this discussion for now. But I, I woke from the dream, and I sensed that God was in it, and I, I got up, and I went downstairs to pray about this night vision, right, that I had just encountered. For three years, it was my nightly experience. I'd awaken anywhere from one to three in the morning, and most often, I would wake with dreams just fresh off the presses and alive to me. And so I made it a consistent practice of asking the Holy Spirit, you know, if it's, if it's Him speaking to teach me from these encounters. And when I felt it was from Him, I then hung out for the next hour to two hours and trying to just listen to His voice and, and hear Him speak to me about the words and about the vision and the dream, etc. In my time of just waiting upon the Lord and trying to get understanding, I started to get a sense that the restaurant represented some aspect of influence where I would prepare food. And, and I don't mean literal food, but maybe spiritual, right? Where people would come in and be fed through the lessons that I was learning. And I actually had several more dreams following along these lines where the kitchen got filled with ovens and other practical equipment that you would see in a commercial kitchen. And it was all language that just spoke to me about different things that God was either doing in me or preparing for me to do. But the blanket and the car seat, you know, I was having a hard time understanding what those were. I mean, what did those things represent? Usually, as I prayed, if there was any kind of a struggle understanding any part of my dreams, you know, in that waking moment when I had woken up and gone downstairs, if I didn't get some understanding starting to happen then, I usually would find that revelation would come to me, you know, sometime within either that day or up to three days sometimes it would take. But it, it was interesting how this pattern began to emerge where within one to three days, I would start to get some understanding of, of what the dream was about. But this one, this one was different. And the days literally turned to weeks and then months and then a couple years. And really eventually I, I forgot about the blanket and the car seat. I do remember though, at that time, thinking that maybe the size of the car seat was to hold many babies, you know, it certainly was big enough. And I don't mean real babies, but babies in the sense that they represented ideas or ministries that I might participate in. And it was just a thought, but I, I, I didn't really, I wasn't convinced necessarily that that's what God was saying. In another dream, I was in the house where I lived as a young boy. It was my grandmother's house and we lived with her. If you've been following this podcast through season one, 
Um, it was the same house where I, I almost suffocated to death. If you haven't heard that story, you can learn more about it in, in season one episode called A Heavenly Encounter that literally saved my life. But anyways, in this house, there was a dog. And it, in, in literal life, it didn't. It wasn't a real dog that I knew, but it was just this dog that was in my dream, right? And it was very excited and I'm following it around the house and it it led me to a side entrance of the house that went out to the driveway and I I stepped outside and when I did I there was a car uh, sitting in the driveway and the back passenger driver side door was open so I climbed in and I'm looking to the front seat and I could see keys in the ignition there was no driver but I somehow just had this idea or understanding that was kind of intuitive in the dream that Jesus would be driving the car. It's, it's hard to say too much about dream language and symbolism and you know the things that I understand about it because really I think each person is different and I believe that God has a dream language for each one of us specifically so what a symbol means to me may mean something else to you or may not even have any meaning at all but I, I want to share with you at least a little bit of how I uh, interpret some of these symbols and symbolism when I see them in my dreams or visions, just so you can see how I apply this language that the Lord has been teaching me through my dreams. So keep in mind, my translation of the symbolism I see, it's the result for me of countless hours practicing, hearing God's voice, specifically discussing with the Lord my dreams, literally hundreds of them spread over several years. And so as it pertains to this one, I had learned by now that for me, dogs, who, who I've always heard said about them, that dogs are called man's, man's best friend. So to me, that just symbolizes to me that they're, they, they're something good and they're leading us to good things, right? And so this dog led me to the discovery of the car, which immediately in the dream language that I've been learning, I interpreted that this was going to be something good. Cars and vehicles of all types in general for me are language that describes the size or a dimension of spiritual power or authority. Um, I've had dreams where enemies have appeared I remember one specific one where an enemy was on a tricycle and I was driving a sports car and, and as the Lord un, unraveled and revealed the meaning of the dream, I realized that uh, those, those vehicles represented different dimensions of power and authority. And of course, the Lord was saying in that specific situation that I had greater power and authority than the enemy. And so when I see vehicles of any size, the first thing I think of is they represent some aspect of Holy Spirit power and spiritual authority. And so it was there then at this car that I learned that I was at the passenger. Jesus was the one who would be driving. I sensed it was a good thing and that the Spirit's power was involved. Since I'm not the actual driver in this instance, right? I'm climbing into the back seat and I'm having this revelation that uh, Jesus was going to be driving this thing. But that's the key. I'm a passenger uh, and, and Jesus is driving. So for me, the understanding was that, that whatever aspect of his power and dimension that I was climbing into, this was going to be something that he was doing in my life, a good thing. 
And it required nothing of me except to just go along with it. All right, I'm being taken on a ride. So in other words, if in the dream or a vision, I'm the one who's driving the car. All right, it still describes a work that God is doing in my life. It still describes an aspect of, of power and authority and something that the spirit is doing in me. But because I'm the driver, I'm driving it, right? I'm differently engaged with it. There might be more responsibility that I need to have uh, in order to see God's will take place in my life because I'm the one driving it. It tells me there's responsibilities I have to do something. I'm not just going along for the ride. So I might have a responsibility to take some kind of an action in order to get to, you know, what the Spirit is doing. Um, but in this particular case, again, I was just to sit back and, and let the Lord take me where he wanted. And then as it pertains to the house, okay, the location of, of where I was at in this dream, um, whenever I appear in dreams in my grandmother's house, it's been really interesting. And I've had enough dreams um, with this location to start to begin to understand that whenever I appear there, there is basically God has usually given me something in life, right? It's interesting because I've had several dreams where I'm at my grandmother's house and then in real life late later, you know, it's followed up in literal waking life with provision for my family or, you know, I received a new job, right? And it was really interesting because I would notice these things taking place following these dreams where I was in my grandmother's house. And so I, I know for some of you this may sound weird, but it's actually really super cool. It's really exciting. And because I've taken the time to hear from God and I've done so consistently over the years, this language has expanded and increased. So when certain people, such as different family members appear, or I'm, I appear in different locations, or various activities or events are taking place, I feel like I now have this context for framing what they mean in that dream language. You know, each family member, for example, represents something in the context of the language that God's giving me. So for example, when one of my children or my wife appears in a dream, I immediately translate their appearance into the meaning that God has revealed to me as to what they represent when they appear. And, and the more I understand this language, the more amazing I realize in, in how God speaks. It was several months later, my wife and my oldest child were in the car and they're on their way home from school. Now, this wasn't a dream, by the way. This is actual events taking place in the real waking world. My, my wife and my son are literally in a car driving. And out of the blue, my son says to her, you, you should call Mrs. Moore and ask her about hosting a boy from Spain who plays soccer. Now, Mrs. Moore, she was a representative of a foreign exchange student program called Amicus. And my wife's response was, I don't think you can just put in an order for a student like that. It depends on the students they have. And that was basically the extent of that conversation. Well, guess what happens? The next day, my wife gets a call from Mrs. Moore. And Mrs. Moore says, this is kind of a strange call. I don't know if you've ever considered hosting an exchange student, but we have a boy from Spain who plays soccer 
And when I was looking at his application, your family's name popped into my head, and I'm just calling out of obedience to what I thought God may be speaking to me. I mean, do you think maybe in that moment the Holy Spirit had our attention? My wife hadn't talked to Mrs. Moore any time as of recent, and then this call happens following that interaction the previous day with our oldest son. And then all of a sudden, this same night, we have this representative from Amicus in our home. We're filling out an application to host Victor from Spain. And I'm thinking to myself, man, when my day began today, I would never have imagined this. So for the moment, we had only filled out paperwork. There were background investigations to take place. Nothing was yet final about this process. And I went to our bedroom and I, I took a seat on the couch uh, next to our bed. If you've been listening to the podcast at all, um, you've heard me mention this couch. It was in our old house and we had this couch in our bedroom next to the bed. And it's been one of my prayer spots for several years, right? And so here I am, I, I, go, to my, I go to the couch to my prayer spot. I committed to the Lord all my anxious thoughts of what we were endeavoring, you know, to embark upon with this, uh, with this student placement and just asking God for clear direction. And I, I was just sitting there in, in silence for several minutes. I was waiting on God to speak. And then all of a sudden, both of those dreams that I talked about earlier uh, with the car seat and, and the car in the driveway both of those dreams came to mind, and I hadn't thought of either one of them. One of those dreams I hadn't thought about in months, and the other dream I literally hadn't thought about in years, and now all of a sudden both of them are just clearly on my mind. And in an instant, it just seemed to all make sense. In in real life, Victor is, is a pretty tall young man, and I thought of that car seat and how huge it was, in its normal size, right, it had fit my children as babies. And then now per that dream, it was big enough to fit Victor. And I realized, oh my gosh, Victor is our next baby. And then in addition, then where does this car seat go? It goes in a car, right? The one where I took my seat in the back and I just relinquished myself to the Lord to drive me wherever he wanted to take me. And I knew in, a, in that instant that God was speaking and just confirming to me, that this was a good thing that he was bringing about in our lives and we were to open up and allow him to bring Victor to our family. And so I just worshiped God. I thanked the Lord for his incredible word. I went downstairs and shared it with my wife, what I felt God had just confirmed to me in my time with him. A few more weeks passed, right, since agreeing to take Victor in. Background investigations were complete. We were approved to be a host family. My wife and Amicus had begun communication with the school where we wanted Victor to go, but the problem was uh, at the school where we wanted him to go, there were no seats available for him there. So in order to secure his visa, we needed a guaranteed spot in a school. And we knew of another school where we could send him. So we didn't think that ultimately it would be a problem to secure the visa, but we were praying that something would change and that a seat would open up where we really wanted to send them. And perhaps due to our anxiousness, it felt like it wasn't happening. So uh, as we're praying again, the word of the Lord came to me in a dream. I was in a theater on the army post where I worked at the time. And 
I wasn't there to see a movie, but often during work hours, our Army community gathered together to be briefed in regards to operational security issues. So in this dream, as I was seated and waiting for one of these briefs to begin, I noticed the seat directly in front of me was open, and immediately I knew what to do. I, I took my jacket and I draped it over the seat, and as people were coming in for this briefing and were trying to sit in that chair, I announced, you know, this seat is safe for Victor. Waking up, you know, once again, I'm, I'm back downstairs, I'm pacing from one end of the house to the other. I'm proclaiming this word over Victor's seat in the school. I'm saying stuff like, you know, by faith, I drape my jacket over Victor's chair. It's saved for him. In Jesus' name, I command it to open up and be designated as his seat. And this went on for some time that morning, and, and I'm sure you can guess what happened next. Within the week, we get a call. A family has changed their minds about their child being a student in the school. And so the seat's his. And shortly following, Victor arrived. He was the newest member of our family. And we had an incredible and a blessed time with him as he lived with us for the next year. And it was very impacting. And to this day, years later, right, we keep in touch with him, regular communication. Every Christmas, we are... Uh, talking through Skype. Uh, we do video calls with him and his family. Uh, and then many of those calls include not only him, but it's his parents, it's his grandparents, the aunts and the uncles. And during the time when Victor was with us for that year, I had to laugh one day as I, I walked by Victor's bedroom and there was that exact blanket from the dream. It, it was literally a real blanket in our house that was also in that dream. And that blanket is draped over his bed. And I remember just kind of starting to, to laugh and just worship the Lord from my heart, right? Because our God is such a beautiful God. Sitting here talking about this, remembering God's goodness and his faithfulness, it just leaves me in awe and worship of him. I love how he speaks. And when he does, I'm learning how to take his word, how to speak it out, how to declare it and follow it, you know, as best I can and see it become fruitful into the earth. So on separate occasions, I, I was the first, and then a few years later, my oldest boy, and, and then a few years beyond that, my wife, where we've actually made it in separate trips out to Spain to visit Victor and his family. And then there was one summer where Victor was able to come uh, back to our house for a month over a summer. And uh, to this day, you know, we still consider Victor to be our Spanish son. And so for us, in this case here, God's voice in the form of dreams really played such a huge role in seeing that relationship come together. You've been listening to God's Kingdom Outside the Box. If you enjoyed this episode, please let me know. I'd love to hear your comments, your questions about what we talked about today. And also let me know if there's a topic you'd like me to cover in a future broadcast. You can email me at jim at jimvince.com. And you can also leave me a voicemail from the show notes. And that's it. I'll talk to you next time. <laughs>